do owe you everything. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies that are new every single morning. Thank you that your goodness follows us everywhere we go. And all we have to do, reach out to you. And you bend down to hear us. Father, shape us and mold us, Lord. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear tonight. I pray that uh, everyone leaves changed in you, God. We'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening. How's everybody doing? I know you're doing good. I know you're doing good. Yep. Um, I'm John, in case you don't know. <laughs> One of the pastors here. Glad to see you all. You could be out Christmas shopping. You could be out fighting crowds in the mall, but yet you chose to come here. That's not really a hard choice, I don't think. <laughs> anyway, as we prepare for Christmas, last week we talked about traditions and how some people get so wrapped up in traditions they forget what's, why they do what they're doing. Uh, well, this is the third week of Advent, and if I were lighting the third candle, it would be the candle of joy. And joy is one of the greatest gifts that God gives us. Number two on the fruit of the Spirit, right underneath love. In Christmas, it's a time of joy. And, I mean, why do so many people, including Christians, have such a hard time at Christmas? We talked about that a little bit last week. We should be filled with joy, overflowing. Like, remember when you were a kid and you would have a piece of watermelon, you know, shaped like that, like the half of the half, and you would just like eat it and it would just run down your face and drip all over the place and you were so happy because it was cold. That's what joy is like. It should be joy like a watermelon. They even have Christmas colors, red, white, and green. If they're seedless. I mean, that's, I, I, I remember when I talked last week about the rise in depression at this time of year, even among Christians. And we identified one of the reasons was because Christ is no longer at the center of their Christmas. And that's, that's not a good thing. Um, I want to read you something that I got in my email this week. I get this thing. And actually, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's called Mikey's Funnies. Google it and then subscribe to it. And every day you get like a new joke and a new thought for the day. And the guy's a Christian. Why are you laughing at me, Georgie? I read the comics every single day, I'll have you know. <laughs> I've been doing it for 30 or 40 years. I get the paper, I get to work, I sit down and I read the paper. The last thing I look at are the comics. So there. Anyway. Ah, this is a this is a little article by a guy by the name of Michael Hallen. And he starts off with Matthew 2 2. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
There's a story that has become legend in, in a small south, southern Minnesota town. I can't vouch for its truth, only that people tell it as though it really happened. It seems that a man who was retiring from his position as mayor was to be honored at a midwinter party as he left office. He had served for more than a decade, during which he had been responsible for a number of significant improvements to the downtown area. And so it seemed good to have the community pay respects to him and pay him a tribute. The party was held at the VFW Hall west of town. We all agreed it was a great celebration. The music was loud. The room was crowded and noisy. The finger food was unusual in its quality, and liquid refreshment was available without restraint until late into the evening. Conversation the next morning over coffee at the Main Street Diner was about what a wonderful event it had been, a fitting tribute. Someone wondered if the mayor had enjoyed it, but no one knew. No one, on the, no one in the diner had talked to him, or they discovered had even seen him there. After asking around, they learned that the mayor had checked into a hospital the previous day and had missed the party in his honor. It seemed that no one had noticed. The parallel to our modern celebration of Christmas is all too obvious. People come together, the food is great, the music warms the heart, but has anyone seen the guest list? Season has become about us, our menu, our travel plans, our expenses. Uh, we've lost perspective. The themes of Christmas are often forgotten. Perhaps our celebration might be more authentic if our hopes were not only for good sales figures, but also for goodwill among mankind. Perhaps we might notice the Christ more truly among us if our prayers were not only for peace in travel, but also for peace on earth. Our church set out its nativity scene the other day. Life-size figures of all the familiar characters are in place kneeling around the manger all but one. Seems the baby Jesus is missing. We couldn't find him this year. Mary and Joseph and the wise men are gazing reverently at some wisps of straw. Sign of the times. Hopefully the Christ child will be found by Christmas. I read that and I was like, whoa, wow. It fits. It's. Last week I talked about how it's becoming a rare event to see people go out of their way for one another, especially this time of year. Everybody's busy at work, at home, wrapping up the year, trying to get ready for the holidays. Uh, and a lot of the times, it seems like we're going through the motions. That last week. And I said, I don't want to go through the motions, and I don't want you to go through the motions either. Uh, that's why, or that's how we can help someone experience a Christmas touch. I want all of us to experience God's touch Last week, I dared you to purposely look for ways you could go out of the way for someone in the name of Jesus. As followers of Christ, we're supposed to be different from the world. We're supposed to do things like that naturally. Okay. Does anybody want to share anything? Was anybody? Okay, first of all, who got a gift card last week to give away? Okay, who wants to talk about what they did with the gift card? Cool. To, um, there we go. Uh, the McDonald's that's at University and um, 595, pretty much, or Peters Road. And uh, there was a man sitting there, and he had a, pa a bag with him, a plastic bag, and in it he had crumpled newspapers. 
that he was doing the puzzles from papers that other people had tossed away and he had taken them out of the trash and saved them so that he could do the puzzles and I had brought the card with me that day because I thought you know something's telling me I need to bring the card with me today because I'm going to have a chance to give it away to somebody so I knew the little voice in my head I've heard it many many times so I said okay I'm bringing the card today because God's going to tell me who to give it to and I saw him and I thought okay God is this the guy and he said oh yeah but you need to go up and talk to him for a while first I said oh I don't want to do that he said you need to get up and do that I said oh come on I'm sitting here with George we're eating our lunch I really don't want to get up this guy had refilled his coffee cup three times and I got the feeling that he carried his coffee cup with him and came back into the same McDonald's and that they would fill his coffee cup for him so that he could have coffee to drink because he probably didn't have money for food and I said all right fine I'll get up and I'll talk to him so I explained about the card I explained about our church and he asked what kind of church it was and um, what we believed in, what we did. And he said, yeah, I've gone to those kinds of churches before that were non-denominational, really not a specific, like, Lutheran or anything. And he said, um, they're good. I said, yeah, we're good. And he said, well, where are you so I can come and visit you? And so I said, well, the card's right here. I attached it with a close a paper clip I said so that you can see where where we are there's a map on the back and uh, he was more interested in that card than he was in the gift card and I said this is a, a gift card for Walmart and we're just giving these away he said but why and I said because we want to show God's love during a time when it's not very prevalent and he was just kind of totally taken aback. First of all, that anybody would come up and talk to him because he was all by himself in a corner. And that we were doing that at all. I think he was just kind of really surprised. So I was, I was glad that we did that. It worked out really well. Cool. Yeah, everybody remember to pray for this guy. Be your head. If you weren't here last week, just so you know what's going on, um, we had like 20 leftover $10 gift cards from Walmart when we did a, a Halloween outreach. And so we gave one to whoever wanted them with the instructions that they were to give them to whoever God said to give them to. Brian, you want to talk about yours or no? No? Okay. George? That's okay. That's okay. Um, another reason many people seem to be going through the motions, miss out on everything that God has for them, is that sometimes Christians have a hard time taking God at his word. Um, 
I know we've all done it. I mean, there's a lot of examples throughout the Bible of what happens when people take God at his word and when they don't. I think about what Jesus said to the disciples when uh, he was with all the little kids, uh, and that's in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16, and I think they got it. Um, one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. That's pretty intense. Think about that. Simple belief. Simple belief. Right now, I know, Tom, if I told your grandson something, and I told it to him with sincerity, he would just believe me. He would just simply believe me. That's how we're supposed to take God. We're supposed to take him at his word. And it's that simple. People try and complicate God. All through my, I've been a Christian for longer than all of you have been alive. <laughs> Actually, longer than a couple of you put together have been alive. That's sad. But um, all through that time, through everything I've studied, through everything I've seen, through all the preachers I've heard, a lot of people just like to complicate God when God is the simplest thing in the universe. Now, we may not understand everything about him, and, but when you try and get into things, that's where it gets complicated, but he's so simple. He just wants you to believe his word. That's it. This week, I want to look at two people, how they were touched by God and how they responded. First one is Zechariah. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist. And um, he was a priest, and he was in Jerusalem, doing his thing in the temple. This is in Luke uh, chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. This is a long read. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd gathered outside praying. Okay, some background information. There were probably 18,000 priests in Israel at the time. And, I mean, that's way more than you needed to perform the temple duties and, you know, all the stuff involved with that. So what they would do is they used to draw lots to see who would perform what function for, for that time. So the fact that he was even in there was because somebody had picked, you know, his name out of a hat. And it was probably a once-in-a-lifetime experience so Zechariah would have been pretty excited about this. I mean, it was probably the only time in his life that it was ever going to happen. He was going to get in to the temple, and he was going to be able to one-on-one -on -one minister to the Lord. 
Now, uh, verse 11. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Zechariah's immediate response, disbelief and what God was telling him through an angel. I mean, that verse, you know, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now. He was touched by God. And he couldn't believe it. And he was a priest. He was a priest. He was doing God's business. How many times do we think we're doing God's thing, and we may be doing God's thing, and God steps in and shows himself, and we just blow right by because we didn't recognize it, or we couldn't believe that it was really God. Zechariah is in a place where no one else is allowed to be. And in pops this angel, tells him all this good stuff. And he questions whether it will actually happen. God doesn't mind questions. You can ask God all the questions you want. He's not going to get upset over it. It's the unbelief that messed up Zechariah. How many times has God revealed something to you, either through his word or through some other means, and you knew it was God, but for whatever reason, you couldn't or didn't fully believe. You didn't act on it. This is Christmas. You really believe that God became man? You know, all things were made and came into existence through this baby that was lying in a manger. Think about that. Without that infant, there was not one thing made that has ever come into being. The little baby that was laying in that manger was the creator of everything. Even when he was that helpless infant, according to Colossians, Colossians 1, 15 to 17, even when he was that helpless little infant, he was the image of the invisible God. He was the firstborn of all creation. 
For by him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's that little baby we hear about every Christmas. Holds together all of creation, the entire universe. That's the first thing we have to believe from God. Let that sink in, let that word just wrap itself around your heart. So God silenced Zechariah until his word came to pass. You're a priest and you can't talk, that's got to put a damper on your life. I mean, that's what they do, is talk. Um, he couldn't share the amazing thing that just happened to him. Imagine holding that inside of you, not being able to tell anybody. I'll ask you again, how many times has God shown you something? Or God given you a word, and you just flew right by it? How many bad things could you have avoided if you had listened, if you had believed, if you had acted? Or how many blessings did you miss because you couldn't believe? Now let's look at Mary's reaction. This is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. First things first, Mary's first reaction was a question. Zechariah's first reaction was a question. Look at the difference between the two questions. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Zechariah said, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Remember, I said earlier, God doesn't mind question. One believed and one didn't. Basically, Zechariah was saying, in my interpretation, yeah, right, I'm old, my wife is old, good luck with that. Mary was saying, cool, how are you going to do it? He was like, there. Think about this. Despite Zechariah's lack of belief, God's will was done. But what did Zechariah miss out? 
We'll never know. We'll never know. Okay, I have a confession. I, I do owe you all an apology. Um, I've already asked God for forgiveness. Um, I had the opportunity to do exactly what I told you guys to do. Remember I told you last week to pray this week for God to give you an opportunity to go out of your way for somebody? I laid it right out in front of me. Um, yesterday morning, yeah, yeah, yesterday, Friday morning, I had a doctor's appointment. Work right away. And I'm driving to my doctor's appointment, and on the way, I'm going down Griffin Road. And on the side of the road, on the sidewalk, I see a guy sitting in his wheelchair just staring out the Griffin Road. And by the looks of his wheelchair, he was probably almost a quadriplegic because it was one of the kind that, you know, he had the little uh, joystick on it and whatnot. And I distinctly heard that little voice in my head. Hey, go check on that guy. Just make sure he's all right. And I was like, oh, but I'm going to be late for my doctor. Kept going straight. No sooner did I get past that guy and in the rearview mirror, I saw him turn his chair, and it was like he was just looking at my car. It was, and immediately, the thought popped into my head, you know, God set that up because he knew I wasn't going to do it. And I would have to come back here and tell you guys this. I mean, I had the opportunity, and I know that the guy's fine. I know that the guy is all right because God was going to take care of him with me, with me or without me. But then I was telling Loretta later, what did I miss out on? What did I miss out on? It's so important for us to believe God when he puts something on us, when he puts his word in front of us. We spend a lot of time texting, especially you guys. Yes? No? Do you talk on the phone or do you text? See? You know God has been sending you text messages for thousands of years. We need to read them and pay attention to them. It's, I don't know. The birth of Jesus on Christmas Day is why I can mess up and God still forgives me why you can mess up and God still forgives you. We can experience a Christmas touch from God just by simply asking for it and then believing. No, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him. How do you need God to touch you this Christmas? Right now. Ask and believe. He'll never leave you or forsake you. It's what he said. Believe it. And my peace I give you. Believe it. He said, I come that so you could have abundant life. Believe it. He said, you can ask the Father for yourself. Father already knows what you need. Believe it. 
He said, come to me and I'll give you rest. He has a gift for each one of us this Christmas. All we have to do is simply believe and take him at his word. Now, what circumstances are you facing today? What problems are in your life right now? Simply believe. Like a child. In Malachi. Actually, Malachi, he's Italian. He says, I am the Lord. I do not change. He doesn't change. You really thought it was that funny? <laughs> Andrew, you got to bring them more often. This is good. He doesn't change. He stays the same, but he changes us. He changes our circumstances. He changes our hearts. He makes everything work together for our good. He's waiting and wanting to give each of us a new touch of his Holy Spirit. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient. And he'll complete the good work that he started in each one of us. All we have to do is simply believe. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you've given each of us a measure of faith so that you've already given us what we need to believe. It's inside of us already. You've you've drawn us to you. God, we thank you for that. I just pray for every person in this room. Matter of fact, who needs a touch from God tonight, really? Who needs God to do something in their lives this Christmas. Let me see your hands. Father, Lord God, you see the hands that are up. We all need a touch from you, God. We need your Holy Spirit inside of us. We all believe. Help our unbelief. I don't know the circumstances in everyone's life that has their hand up. I don't know what they need, but you know what we need before we even ask you. I thank you, God, that you can supply all of our needs, whether they're spiritual, whether they're physical, whether they're financial, whether they're emotional, whether they're mental, whatever they are. You can supply all our needs. You have already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Help us believe. I just thank you, Lord, that because we pray according to your will, we have what we ask for. And all we're asking for is more of you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.